Welcome to the Money Making Women podcast with me, Ray Dodd. I'm a money and business coach who believes that you are absolutely capable of earning life-changing amounts of money. I also believe that doing so is not as straightforward as the internet makes out. If you're looking for a conversation that goes beyond pure manifestation and hustle and into the nuance and intersections of what it means to be a money-making woman, then this is the space for you. Welcome to the fourth episode of my podcast, Money Making Women. Um, I am really excited to be doing this. We are gearing up for my challenge, which starts on Monday, the 21st of September. It's a five-day money challenge. So I wanted to talk about something today that would be relevant for what's happening next week. Today, I wanted to talk about potential. And one of my things that I say is that I like potential is one of my favorite emotions. I know it's not officially an emotion, but I don't know about you guys, but when I find myself in that place of potential, I get really excited. But what I notice with a lot of my clients is we feel that potential and we can be very, very quick to squash it and we can be very quick to hide from it. Lots of people come to me to talk about money with the kind of belief that they're scared of failure. They think that They are too scared to do anything. They're not earning the money because they're scared of failure. Now, some people are scared of failure, don't get me wrong. A very crude, very easy way to spot that, and it's not foolproof at all, is by looking at, do you tend to act first and then retreat when things don't work? Or do you struggle to even get things off the ground? If you're someone that tends to act and then retreat, you're probably not scared of failure. You might be. Like I said, it's a crude way because you might suddenly go, oh my God, what if it fails? But often that shows us that actually you can be more scared of success. It can, like I said, both can work, but don't presume that if you're retreating, it means you're automatically scared of failure. Often it's because we are actually scared of success. And when I say that, what I mean is, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about, Georgie. So Georgie says, what about the fear of success, the fear of becoming the powerful, wealthy woman and everything that comes with that? Yeah, exactly. So often we do this thing where we like, we tell ourselves, oh, I'm just so scared to get it wrong. And yet we're doing it. We're getting the stuff wrong. What we're really frightened of is our potential, our ambition about what that would mean about us. What would it mean? What will people think? How many of you get worried about some of your family members seeing what you do in your business or how you show up online? And sometimes that can be because maybe we haven't shown them that part of us. Maybe it is absolutely who we are, but we hide that. I'm not going to lie. I'm getting used to it now. When I first started doing these podcasts live on my page, I had that thought. And some of you might be watching and you might be somebody I know from outside of my work life. But I've kept that very hidden in my Facebook group. But initially it was like, oh, I've hidden this part of myself from some people, even though I would say, certainly where I am almost most myself to a point is in my business like you get to see a lot of facets of me in this way but not everyone gets to see that and I know that my family can come and watch this and it's a different part of me so our potential we see it we see that potential and we try and rein it in we don't want people to see that we have that that we might even suspect we have that potential because what if they don't agree I always come back to this thing that Oprah says. Oprah says that, and I might have even said this in another podcast because it's one of my favourite quotes. Oprah says that whenever she interviews someone, they always do the same thing at the end. 
they always turn to her. This is from like Obama to um, just average person off the street that she's interviewing. They always turn to her afterwards and go, was that okay? Did I make sense? And she says that what people are really saying is, did I connect with the people at the end of the camera or in the audience? Like, did was I seen? Was I connected with? And sometimes one of the concerns with our potential or with our understanding of our potential is that we might suspect we're capable of something. How many of you have wondered if you're capable of earning more money than you are? Maybe it goes deeper than a wondering. Maybe you're like, I feel like, and this was certainly my experience, I feel like I am capable of earning more money than I'm currently earning. And yet you worry that if you let people know that and it doesn't happen, what will that mean? What would that mean about you? How would you, would you disconnect from people? when they thought that, and I wrote an email about this on Tuesday, I think. That was yesterday, wasn't it? Gosh, long week already. Like, what if they think I'm getting too big for my boots? What if they think that I've got ideas above my station, that I think I'm better than them? And so we hide from it. It scares us. We don't want to look silly. And really, really importantly, we have no examples. We have no one to look to, to tell us about this stuff, to show us the way. And I mean that as women, and I especially mean that if you lay on any of the intersections of being a, a white woman. So if you're not a white woman, if you're not an average sized, average sized um, white woman, you know, if you're not a middle class woman, if you're not able bodied, you know, all of those things, then there's even less examples because we're given such a narrow path. So we tell ourselves to get realistic. We tell ourselves that those ambitions, those thoughts that bubble up, that we're just deluding ourselves. And as I was planning this, I wrote down like, what does it even mean to be realistic if we haven't seen the examples? You know, what what our brains think is realistic is what they've seen on repeat. So you might say, oh, but it's not realistic for people like me to make money. It's not realistic to think you can make money without hustling really, really hard. It's not realistic to think that you can make money without compromising on your ethics and your principles. You cannot have empathy at the forefront of making money. It's not realistic. But what we mean is I've never seen it. I don't see it. I don't have examples. There's nothing for my brain to tangibly grab onto. If we had seen it, we'd think it was utterly realistic, right? And yet, and that's there's that that um, really well-known phrase, if you can see it, you, you can believe it. Or if you can see it, you can be it. So how do we even know what realistic is when the world has not been set up for women, women of colour, women of size, women with um, disabilities, women who are less abled than others? When it hasn't been set up to provide a path for us, how do we even know what's realistic for us? And I would argue we don't know. We literally do not know. And yes, I'm not going to lie, as somebody who is really wanting to forge that path, that's why I'm really honest about how much I earn and my feelings around money is because I want you guys to be able to see it. I want you to be able to watch my journey. I want you to be able to know what this experience is like. And I am grateful to the women that do that who are ahead of me in their earning journey as well. There are many women that do that so beautifully. Rachel Rogers is one of them. Susie Ashworth is another one. 
Um, I'm trying to think of other people that I have really loved how honest they are about how earning money makes them feel um, and stuff like that. So what I'm going to say is that we think that our potential, we we do this kind of, and I'm, it's quite, it's not, I don't want to say messed up because it makes it sound like it's our fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It makes perfect sense that living in the world we live in, seeing what we see, we would then respond like this. But we tell ourselves that that potential we feel inside us is actually us getting ideas above our station. It's actually us deluding ourselves. And so we retreat. Sometimes it can be a fear that we will hurt other people if we do more, if we act like more. Sometimes it can feel like, like I said, people will judge us and we'll lose people. Like what would it mean for our hardworking families if we out-earn them? What would it mean about everything we've done in the past if it turned out we didn't need to struggle in that way? So we tell ourselves that we should opt out or we tell ourselves that we should get realistic or we tell ourselves that we're deluding ourselves. And Melanie said Kate Northrup is another person. Yeah, she's a really great example. I like how she how honest she is about a lot of stuff, actually. She really like walks her walks her journey. I don't think that really explains it, but she's she's honest with her growth, isn't she? So I want to encourage you guys to get deluded because I'm going to argue that all along the idea that you can't do this stuff has been really hammered into us from birth as women, that it's not possible for us. We've been told what is realistic for us without being given the chance to just see. Let's just see what's realistic for ourselves. You know, for those of you that are mothers, we so want our our children to be able to live up to their potential but in order for that to happen we have to give them the space for it you have to let them try school clubs that then they hate because they might love them you have to let them follow their passions they're gonna mess up and we give them that space often we don't give it to ourselves i want you guys to allow yourselves to get lost in the potential of what could be for you who gets to decide what is realistic for you just because and this is what something I really want to talk about and um, I think Liz Gilbert talks about this in Big Magic one of her books she talks about the way that ideas often come and visit us and this is something that I've seen like an idea some of you would have heard me say the story before that the idea for this business and my god I did not know it was money coaching if the idea of money coaching had come into my lap four or five years ago I would have just I would have laughed like it was just have been ridiculous because I was in such a mess with money but the initial idea for this business was affirmation cards so I don't know if any of you follow yes mum I don't even know if she's still doing them actually but at the time she was a hypnobirthing teacher when I did my hypnobirthing training and just as I did that I remember having this idea for affirmation cards for mums not just for birth And like a week after I finished my hypnobirthing training, which is the job I did before this one or the business I had before this one, she released them. And I was like, oh, oh, wow, I can't do that then. How many of you have done that? Like you see someone's done a similar thing. You're like, well, there we go. I've lost that then. That potential's gone. But that potential grew and grew into what became my coaching business, which initially was working with mums. And then that's developed into this space. Did I have any idea what I could earn when I had that small germ of an idea? Is that the right way to put it? Moment of an idea. No, I had no idea. 
But if I'd squashed it, and I've seen people do this, I've seen so many people have ideas and they go, but that won't earn enough money, so I'm just going to leave that alone. I need to think of another idea. Can I really encourage you not to do that? Can I really encourage you to give your ideas space to grow into their potential? Let them be for a bit. If, if you can't stop thinking about something, but it's not tying up with how much money you want to make, give it some time. Look at it from different angles. Ask yourself questions because we have been conditioned to limit ourselves. And so what we're going to be doing is limiting ourselves. Like, obviously, we need to dig into these things and let them grow. So allow yourself to get lost in the potential of what could be rather than telling yourself, well, I could never, it could never, this won't work. Instead, ask yourself questions. How could this work? What could this look like? Are there people earning that kind of money in this field? And if you can find one, even if you can't, to be fair, but if you can find one, that's enough. Women have been told so frequently to cap themselves, to hold themselves in, because all we get, all we're allowed to be is pretty and kind, pretty and nice and inoffensive. And sometimes, often, taking up space is offensive to people. A woman earning money can be offensive to people. And that can be hard, but the impact of it is enormous. And I really want to encourage you guys to get yourself, join my Facebook group if you're not in there already, where there are lots of women willing to join a Facebook group called Money Making Women. So they are happy enough. I know some of them are always like, oh God, because it does. And I don't blame them for that. I would have felt like that a while ago that feeling but it takes us time and we've got to give ourselves the patience and understanding that we are unraveling generations worth of brainwashing essentially delusion that's the delusion that we can't not that we can thank you for listening to this episode of money making women Please do go and leave us a review. They have a huge impact on getting podcasts like mine heard. I also wanted to let you know where you can find me. So if you want to find more of what I do, you can find me in my Facebook group, Money Making Women, or you can find me on Instagram. I'm Ray underscore Dodd. I really want to say a special thank you to Emily Crosby, who edits these for me, and I will see you for our next episode.